Well, today we're continuing in our message series, How God Sees You. The more we understand how God sees us, the better prepared we will be to live the life that God created us to live. Now, God is not some kind of detached observer up in heaven looking down at us. He's, he's intimately involved in our lives. He's the one who created us. He's our father and we are his children. Today, my message is entitled, Wonderfully Made. God sees you as being wonderfully made. Now, too often we go through life and we really don't appreciate what God has done for us. God has individually crafted and created each and every person in this world. The Bible tells us that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. You and I are not the product of random chance. We are the product of a God who designed every aspect of who we are. God chose your parents. God chose the genetics that make you up. And he wanted you to turn out just the way you did. You're not an accident. You're a created child of a loving heavenly father. Now there's a man named Alexander Tazaris. Alexander Tazaris is a mathematician and he's also uh, involved in using special visual, visualization, can't say that word, equipment to look at various biological processes. And one of the processes that he studied was the formation of a baby from conception all the way through birth. And with the equipment that he, they now have today, we can see what happens inside the womb of a mother with far greater clarity and understanding than has ever happened before in history. We can get actual pictures of what's happening, of God working in creating a child in the womb. So here's what Alexander said about the images of the babies that he saw. He said the complexity of these facts about human development, the mathematic models of how this, these are indeed done are beyond human comprehension. Even though I'm a mathematician, I look at this with marvel. How do these instruction sets not make mistakes as they build us? It's a mystery. It's magic. It's divinity. It's beyond any comprehension of any existing mathematics today. And so here was an unbeliever. I just saw the absolute wonder of God creating each and every human being in a mother's womb. God has indeed wonderfully made each one of us. And what's even more amazing is that every person that God creates is unique. If you look around us in this room, no two are exactly alike. Now, a few are pretty close, but no two are exactly alike. And why is that? Because God is infinitely creative. And beyond that, God uniquely makes each person because he has a unique plan for every person's life. His unique purpose. Acts 17.26. Uh, in your middle of your bulletin, there's a white page. You might want to take that out. And it has the scriptures written out in the outline as well. Acts 17.26 says, From one man he made every nation of men, that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the time set for them in the exact places where they should live. And so not only did God design each and every person with a, with a unique design, 
he determined what period of time you should be born in. It's not an accident you weren't born in 300 B.C. It's not an accident that you weren't born in 1500 A.D. It's not an accident that you're living today in 2013. God designed you for the period in which you were to live and the place where you were to live. Now, why did God make people in the first place? Why did he take such great care in, in making us? Verse 27 said, God did this so that men would seek him and perhaps reach out for him and find him, though he is not far from each one of us. And so you were created to have a relationship with God. That's why he created each and every person. And you cannot be fulfilled, you cannot find success in life until you enter into that relationship with your creator. And he has a plan for your life that he wants you to carry out. Now today we're going to look at an incredible psalm, Psalm 139. We're going to learn more about how our creator, how our heavenly father sees each one of us. First of all, God knows everything about you. The first verse says, oh Lord, you searched me and you know me. Now sometimes we say, nobody understands what I'm going through. Have you ever said that? Nobody understands what I'm going through. Nobody knows what the trouble I've seen. You ever feel that way? Well, it may be true that no other human being knows exactly what you're going through. But there is one who does know. The Lord knows you. He knows exactly what you're going through. And he knows everything about you. He's familiar with your darkest secrets. He's familiar with your, your fondest dreams. He has searched you and he knows you. He knows your actions and your thoughts. Verse 2, it says, you know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. So when we get up in the morning, who is there to see us wake up? It's God. When we go to bed at night, who is there as we drift off to sleep? It's God. God is there when no one else is around. Now, not only is God with us at all times, but God knows exactly what you're thinking. And you can hide your thoughts from those who are closest to you. They don't know what you're thinking, but God knows. God knows each and every thought. Today, everybody wants their privacy. They don't want anybody else to know what they're doing. But there's no privacy with God. Uh, God knows everything about us. And that's a good thing. Jesus tells us that God knows exactly how many hairs are on your head right now. Now, tomorrow that number may change. But right now, God knows how many hairs is on your head. And tomorrow, he'll know as well. Now, the fact that God knows everything about us shouldn't alarm us, but it should comfort us. And since God knows everything about us, he's able to surround us with his protection. Verse 4 and 5 says, Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in behind and before. You've laid your hand upon me. God knows what you're going to say before the words come out of your mouth. He can protect us from saying the wrong things. To be hemmed in behind and before means that God's hand is upon us. He can protect us from anything that may cause harm to us. For you see, God doesn't just have knowledge about me. He doesn't just have knowledge about you. He has knowledge about every person. He has knowledge about every situation, believer and unbeliever alike. God knows what's going to happen in the future. No person knows that. And so he's able to protect us. He's able to guide us. 
He's able to guide everyone who is walking in his plan for their lives. The safest place in the world is to be walking in God's plan and purpose for your life. God knows everything about us. And so when we pray, we should never say even to God, God, you don't know what I'm going through. Sometimes people say that to God. God, you don't know what I'm going through. Rather, we should say, God, I praise you that you know everything about me. You know everything I'm going through. You know my thoughts. You know my worries. You know what I plan to do. You know what I've done. And I thank you for surrounding me with your protection. I thank you for guiding me in your ways. And when we begin to pray and think like that, what does it do? It takes our minds off of our problems. It takes our minds off of ourselves and focuses our thoughts on God. Sometimes we look at ourselves and we feel like we're inadequate to deal with the issues that we have in our lives. And we become discouraged. And that's true. We are inadequate, aren't we? That's why we need to get our focus on God because God is adequate. God is able. And as we follow Him, He will help us. And so when we focus on God and Him, His omniscience, His knowing everything about us, we can believe God to see us through. Not only does God know everything about us, but God is always present with us. Verse 7 and 8 says, Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. And so not only does God know everything about us, but God is present with us no matter where we go in life. When we need him, we don't have to go searching for him. He is as near as our breath. He's right there with us. When you need to hear him speak, all you have to do is open your ears and he's speaking. God doesn't just know us from his seat in heaven. He's here with us through his spirit, the scripture says. He's here with each one of you today, right here at Life Church. He's right here. And one of the greatest fears of people is going through things alone, going through a difficult time and no one around to be there for you. But whether there's another human being or not, God is with you. We're never alone. God is present with us to guide us. Verse 10 says, Even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. And so the presence of God is something to be welcome. God is not there to punish us. God is not there to condemn us. God is present to guide us. You see, this plan that God has for your life, He wants you to discover it. He wants you to follow it. And so He's there to guide you in that path, in that plan. He's not hiding it from us. But if we seek Him for it, He will show it to us. God wants to guide us on the very best path for our lives. He doesn't want us to stumble in the darkness. He doesn't want us to not know which way we should turn. When we allow God to guide us, We'll walk on, the Bible says, straight paths. We won't stumble. We'll carry out his plan on a path that's lighted from above. Now, sometimes people want to hide from God. You can't hide from God. Verse 11 and 12 says, If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me, even the darkness will be, not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Now, why would anyone want to hide from God? Well, we don't have to look further than the first couple chapters in the Bible. Remember Adam and Eve. 
were living in the Garden of Eden. And they were tempted and they gave into the temptation and they ate from the forbidden fruit. And after they did that, what did they do? They hid. They hid from God. Before they sinned, they'd been walking with God in the garden every day. But after they sinned, they hid from him. They were afraid of God. Sin caused the relationship with God to be broken. And even though people may try to hide from God, it can't be done. God found Adam and Eve. God knows right where you're hiding. He's right there in your hiding place. He knows exactly where you are and what you've done. God is always present with you. Now, how do people try to hide from God today? Well, people hide from God sometimes by not taking time, spending time with God, not taking time to read their Bibles and to pray. They, they kind of go in their own world. People hide from God by not going to church. People hide from God in many different ways. And yet, God is always there. He's looking for his children, he's calling them back to a close relationship with him. That's the best place that we can be. He's calling us to follow his guidance. He's calling us to follow his plan that, as we'll see, he's laid out for us. Not to follow our own plans. Now, when we follow God's guidance, it doesn't mean we're going to have the easiest life in the world. It doesn't mean that we're not going to have any troubles. But it's going to lead us to the best possible life we can have. Because God is going to see us through everything that we may face in life. He knows what's going to come up and he has a plan to take you through it. God is always present with us. Now let's think more about how God has wonderfully made us. The title for this message is taken from verse 14. It says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And so here David, the author of this psalm, praises God for how God has made him. David praises God for making him in an awesome and wonderful way. Now many people are not happy with how God has made them. You ever come across somebody who wasn't too pleased with themselves? And yet God, the Bible says, made everyone in a wonderful way, even though some people may not recognize it. Now can we say today, God, I praise you for making me, well, let's say it this way, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Let's say that together. Say it along with me. Say, God, I praise you. Because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Now smile. Okay. <laughs> Do you believe that? That's what the Bible says. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. Now, we understand the Bible is not uh, asks us to put our heads in the sand. We understand that things with each and every one of us is not quite right. There are things as disease. There are things that injuries, things that happen in this world. And the ultimate cause of those things is because of sin. Not necessarily our sin, but just because there's sin in the world. God's perfect creation has been deformed and marred. And that's the world we live in. It's a world that's not perfect. Things aren't going to be perfect until when? Until we get to heaven. But now in this world, we struggle with some things. The perfect creation that God has created 
has some things wrong, some things not quite right. But that doesn't take God by surprise. You're still wonderfully and fearfully made. And even with some of the imperfections that God has allowed in our lives, God has a way of making it all work together. Because God has designed you for his plan. Verse 16 says, Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. Now today, because of the miracle of modern science, we've just seen the unformed bodies of a baby or babies in the womb. For thousands of years, people really couldn't see what was happening. But God could see, and God saw each one of us before we were born. And what this verse says is absolutely incredible. It says, before you were born, God had written out a plan for your life. He has a book. It says, all the days ordained for you were written in your book before one of them came to be. He has a plan and purpose for every day of your life. He knows how many days you're going to live. And each day, he has something for you to do. Isn't that incredible? And God's plans for each person are perfectly coordinated with how he designed you. Let me say that again. God's plans for your life are perfectly coordinated with who he's made you to be. How he crafted you. What period of time you were born in. Where you live. Nobody else can carry out God's plan for your life. Only you can do it. Sometimes people think, I can't possibly do what God is asking me to do. But the truth of the matter is, yes, you can. Because God designed you to do everything that he's calling you to do. God designed you to do it. And he is there. He's present to help you to do what he asks of you. God has done everything necessary for each person to be a success in life. Now, success in life, when we hear that word, we think certain things, don't we? Success in life has nothing to do with how much money you make. Success in life has nothing to do with how big or little a house you live in or what kind of vehicle you drive or where, what kind of job you have. Success in life is defined as carrying out God's plan for your life. And God has different plans for people's lives. But to be as successful, you carry out God's plan, and one day when you get to heaven, he'll say, well done, good and faithful servant. You followed my plan. You didn't follow somebody else's plan. You didn't follow your own plan. You followed my plan. And that's all I ask of you. Enter into your reward. And since God desires for us to be successful, God is always thinking about you. Verse 17 and 18 says, How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. You know, when you know somebody is thinking about you, what does that do for you? It makes you feel that you're important to them, doesn't it? If nobody ever thinks about you, out of sight, out of mind, right? I mean, you're... You're not very important. But when somebody is thinking about you, you're important to them. It means they care about you. Sometimes we think that God is in heaven. He's so busy running this whole universe that he, 
He couldn't possibly have time for me. But God has so many thoughts about you. They're more than the grains of sand and all the beaches of the world. That's a lot of thoughts. And those thoughts are good thoughts. It says in this verse, they're precious. They're thoughts about you growing closer to him. They're thoughts about you carrying out his plan for your life. They're good thoughts about good things that God has planned for you. God has wonderfully made you for his purposes. And so when you get up tomorrow morning, begin with praising God for how he's made you. God, thank you for how you've made me. Thank you that you've made me perfectly for this day. You've made me perfectly suited for Monday, February 18th, 2013. That's tomorrow. You've given me everything I need to carry out your plan for my life this day. Nothing that happens in this day is going to surprise you. It might surprise me, but it's not going to surprise you. And you've got a way for me to deal with it. I don't have to worry. I don't have to fret. All I have to do is follow this plan. I don't even have to come up with the plan. You've got the plan. All I have to do is follow it. What you lack, God will provide. When you need wisdom, he will guide. Nothing in that day is going to surprise God. He's got, remember, a book. And in his book, he's got February 18th, and he's got your name there. And the plan. If you have some challenge or difficulties in the day, and that happens most days, right? You're not alone. God is thinking about you. He's thinking about this challenge you're facing and he's there to guide you and to help you through it. He's only a prayer away. You have what it takes to succeed. And so what's our part? Well, we need to let God purify us for his plan. Psalm 139 ends in verses 23 and 24. It says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. So in these final verses of this psalm, David invites God to search him, to test him, to know his thoughts. Now, of course, God, God knows it already, but David's inviting him, come in, Lord. See what's inside of me. See if there's any offensive or sinful way in my heart. If there is God, reveal it to me so that I know what it is, so that I can deal with it because the only thing that can short circuit your relationship with God and, and, his, and derail his plan for your life is sin. Here it's called an offensive way. Sin is an offense to God. God has this wonderful plan for our lives, but sometimes we get off track. That's what sin is, getting off track from God's plan for our life. And it offends God. I got this wonderful plan for you. Why are you, why are you going off in the ditch over here? Just stay on the straight and narrow. That's the best way. It's a smooth path. It's a wonderful path. I'm there to lead you. Sin will keep you from God's best for your life. But if you ask God to search you, he'll show you anything in your life that's offensive to him that is going to keep you from carrying out that plan. And what do we do then? Well, we repent. We ask God to forgive us. We turn away from it. And he 
purifies our hearts and he refocuses us on following his purpose for our lives. Because what is sin? It's not following God's purpose for your life. That's all it is. So God's ultimate plan here, it says to lead you in the way everlasting. Lead you on that path of eternal life that ends up in heaven. Lead you on a way that uses you to impact many others and bring them to heaven as well. That's part of God's plan for each one of our lives. And so this morning, God wants to encourage everyone here to be everything that he created you to be. You were wonderfully made for a purpose. And that purpose is carrying out God's plan for your life. God's unique plan for your life. Don't look at somebody else and say, oh, I want to do that plan. You're not created to do that plan. You're created to do the plan that God has for you. Too often we look at somebody else, oh, if I was just like them. I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not handsome enough. I don't have enough money. Or maybe, well, not maybe, God did design them to have some of those things. They may or may not be following his plan. But God designed you just the way you are. And God has a wonderful plan and purpose for you as well. God knows everything about you. He's present with you as we go through life. You're never alone. Ask God to reveal to you anything that's in the way of your relationship with him. Because that's the only thing that can stop you from following his purpose and plan. By not keeping things right between you and God. And then praise him for the opportunity to serve him in this life and the next as well. We're going to take a minute now to give you an opportunity to commit or recommit your life to Jesus Christ because that's the way you take the first steps on God's plan for your life. God's plan for everybody on the face of this planet is that they would give their hearts to Jesus Christ. He doesn't want any to perish, the Bible says. He wants everyone to repent, everyone to become a believer. And if you're not a believer this morning or you've fallen away from God, I'd encourage you to pray a simple prayer to get your life on track for the first time or back on track if you've gotten off through sin. Let's bow our heads right now. We're going to pray a simple prayer and I encourage you to pray this prayer with me if you're not sure you have a relationship with God or you feel like you're off track from His plan for your life. Say something like this today. Father, today I admit I've sinned. I've not been following your plan for my life. I know it. I've been doing wrong things. Please forgive me. I believe that Jesus died on the cross, that my sins might be forgiven, that I might find this plan that you have. Come into my life. I commit myself to following you and your word and your plan. I thank you for what you're going to do as I walk with you. And for all of us that our believers, let's pray as well that God would help us. Father, we thank you for wonderfully making us, each and every one. Forgive us for not praising you for your wonderful work in creating us. We're grateful that you know everything about us. We're so thankful that you're present with us each and every day. Help us to live out the plan that you have for us today, tomorrow, the rest of this week, and for the rest of our lives. Show us any sin in our lives that that keeps us from following your plan. Guide us individually, God, and as a church to reach 
many more people for Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.